0: I think that's a great point, and it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Of course, I don't know where I'm going with that statement at all. No, me neither. I was trying to make it up while I was talking, and it just wasn't coming to me. Yeah, that's what we do. Hi, and welcome to episode three of On Location, the real estate podcast brought to you by the Brown Real Estate Group, where we talk about location location as it relates to real estate. I'm Rob Lobb and with me is Melody Brown. Bonjour Melody.
1: Bonjour tout le monde.
0: Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a nice Thanksgiving.
1: We did. I hope you did too.
0: Yeah, thank you. It was great. Also thankful the elections are over. Yes. I don't know what it's like for you. Uh, This was your first election here in the US, I think.
1: Yeah, I arrived in the US on the 21 of June 2017. So Trump was already president. But I was asking for my visa while it was changing from Obama to Trump. So I already knew what was happening before. Uh, But it was my first U.S. election while I was on U.S. soil.
0: And it's probably the same in France. People just yelling at each other, not letting each other talk when they do the debates and stuff, right?
1: Yeah. I think it's a little more civilized, though.
0: There was a few instances where everyone seemed to lose their temper. Well, yeah. It looks like it's going to be Biden, for better or worse, no matter what people were hoping for, whoever they wanted to win. When we talk about real estate and what that might mean, I think it's important that we kind of do this, our once every four-year election special. (laughs) So we're going to talk a little bit about what could happen in the future based on what Biden talked about during his campaigning, some of his proposed plans and stuff. Of course, none of this is guaranteed to happen.
1: No, of course, all of this is just speculation or like things he said in debate or speeches that he would like to implant in the US or that he's working towards implanting.
0: Of course, he's not alone in that process. And so he's going to need some extra support in order to make that happen. Still kind of a, a two-party system here.
1: Yeah, this is coming to a first point is that Before we go into detail into all the taxes or all the infrastructure and else that Biden promises to do, we need to tell the people that even if we have a Democrat president, the Congress is Republican. So it's going to be really hard for him to implement all those social law or law that are more towards the people uh, just because uh, the majority of the House is Republican.
0: Right. So don't go ahead and necessarily change your real estate investing plans today, but be aware of it. I think it's really interesting, some of these issues. And, you know, there's always going to be benefits and negatives depending on an individual situation. But maybe being a little prepared and, and what to talk to, you know, about your accountant with and what to keep in mind. Let's kind of dive right in. I think there was some pretty hot topics in some of the tax changes.
1: Yes. The first thing I had was the first time home buyer tax credit. It goes with what President elect Biden said, which is that he would like to have more affordable housing and more quality housing for everyone. This tax will be a down payment up to fifteen thousand dollar for qualified home buyer.
0: So an extra fifteen thousand for qualified home buyers as a tax credit. Making it more affordable, what do you think that could mean for the market?
1: We think that it could create a surge in starter home demand and help developer and flipper.
0: And there's always that need for people's first houses. So by putting some money into that, that'll get people who maybe they're renting, they're able to now buy a home. And that would be great. Of course, that could hurt rentals. If you're a landlord, you have units that you rent out or homes that you rent. Uh, You may find your tenants are now able to move on. That might be what gets them over the edge. Now, that brings us to our next point, which is a new renter's tax credit that Biden has suggested he would like to create. Yes. That would potentially make renting more affordable. Yes. My understanding is the goal of that would be to reduce the rent and utilities by 30%. This would be low-income, low-earning tenants, but those that make too much for housing vouchers. So, you know, kind of those people that are on the cusp, um, maybe give them a a better chance to make those payments in a timely manner, maybe give more stability for landlords and their rental income. So that's some new tax credits proposed in Biden's plans that could come into play. Uh, He's also talked about eliminating some tax breaks as well.
1: Yes, you're right. Like the 1031 like can exchange that could be limited to those making less than 400,000 annually.
0: The 1031 exchange allows the seller of a property in this case to defer payment on any gains that they've had while they've owned that property. So if their basis is low and they sell and they have a big profit, instead of having to pay tax on that, they can take that money and use it towards a down payment on their next property so keeping that tax money that they would have had to pay and that's been a big tool for investors especially in real estate over the years so by cutting the tax break either eliminating it or reducing the availability of it that would allow those uncollected funds to then be collected by the government bringing more money into the government for the the budget.
1: You're right, Rob. Joe Biden said that he would like for those found to be redirected into child and senior care, which goes along with what he wants to do healthcare wise, which is the possibility to have three healthcare for everyone and also for the possibility to choose between that free healthcare or an insurance that you will pay for,
0: yeah, and we'll discuss a little more about that healthcare on, when we get to infrastructure in a moment. There's one other tax break that was on my radar. Um, I just want to mention, and that was Biden saying that he would address the step-up basis uh, yes. for an asset transfer on that. And that's another one. You know, these all get a little complicated, so.
1: Buckle
0: up! <laughs> <laughs> Definitely check our links in the show notes. We're gonna have some good articles linked on these things. Uh, also, you know, talk to your accountants, talk to your lawyers, see what this might mean for you. Again, it, it's none of this is guaranteed to happen, but just be prepared. And that's what we're talking about. It. So the step up basis, Biden has said he would reform it, and and what that is is presently, if you were to pass on the heirs of your investment, they would get that property at a stepped-up basis. Now, what the basis it means is essentially your cost. If the deceased bought a property at $100,000, they pass on and they pass that property to their heirs at $200,000, the cost for the heirs is $200,000. Now, if they were to sell it that same day, the market value would be that $200,000, and they wouldn't owe taxes. Well depending on how Biden implements this change it could either mean a tax on the transfer you would have to pay tax on the difference between the original 100,000 and the 200,000 or it could just mean that you would have that lower basis that 100 when you go to sell it so if you sold it then you would pay that tax or if you sold it in the future you would pay whatever that difference is if you guys have questions let us know on social media maybe we'll do a little longer discussion on the step up basis but
1: don't ask me keep
0: an eye on that it matters for estate planning like i promised earlier (laughs) we were gonna get to some infrastructure a big part of that i think melody you had a great point that that might be healthcare.
1: There's two big points for infrastructure that I have, and they're both related to either green energies or healthcare.
0: Well, let's tackle the um, healthcare while it's all fresh in our minds.
1: Okay. So what we have is that president Alec Biden would like to change healthcare in this country with two different options. It's either you can get healthcare for the government, that would be an kind of a universal healthcare, like a lot of country already have. The or, public option. Yeah, public option, sorry. Or if you want to, you can pay a private company and have healthcare through them. With the one for healthcare for everybody, we're gonna have the need for infrastructure. So what that means for real estate is a lot more building to be built, and a lot more investment and development opportunities.
0: We saw it here in San Francisco in the last few years. A lot of these urgent care clinics popping up. Healthcare has been a big thing in the private sector. But now you're basically saying the U.S. government could become a new company offering healthcare services on on some levels. And that's going to require more property, uh, more building. And, And those buildings, you mentioned the green buildings. Yes. So that's another thing that may change.
1: Concerning green energy... We're not really sure about Joe Biden's position because he's for fracking and them not for, and then he's in the Green Deal and then he's not for it. So we're not really sure. It's one of the point where it's really speculation, but if he does uh, go and wants more green energy, there is the possibility like we have in Europe, I have in Europe, should I say, um, that the building are gonna be hooked to a new code to be green. So we can't have that much emission of energy and there's going to be a codation. I don't know if I can say that. But for example, in France, when you buy a car, you will get like a tax break if you buy a car that is green.
0: Oh, so it's actually a subsidy on a green car.
1: And we do do that for houses too. Like let's say your house is not insulated correctly, then the the is going to go out. And then you're gonna pay more and more in bill.
0: Oh, I hate it when the warm goes out.
1: (laughs) It's gonna get cold in the house. (laughs) And then you're gonna have to pay more and more electric bill because you need you know, you're gonna use more radiator to make it more warm in the house.
0: All those green improvements cost money too, so that's where what you were saying they do in Europe and, and maybe they would do here is give some fund some subsidies to the owners to help them make those changes
1: to make you do those changes so that you can either get a discount or when you sell it you can sell it for more because it's up to green code Mm mm-hmm but I was thinking also with all of that, there might be new job creating because of the new inspection. Like we, now we have a pest inspection. Now you have a contractor. Now you're going to have in the future, you're going to have to call your green inspector maybe.
0: And then a little leprechaun shows up. That
1: would be great.
0: <laughs> in terms of the green building, I think that's a great thing to look at. It's a good thing to get in the forefront of as well. I mean, how that might shift your job, your building, your business, if you have a rental property, and there's ways to get subsidies, I mean, right now, a lot of times through the energy company, if you're converting to gas or something, they're, you know, more efficient appliances, sometimes there are credits for that, this could be an even bigger incentive uh, to put, Mm -hmm. you know, solar on or who knows what So look for that, keep an eye on that, see how that may help your business or your home. It's interesting, you know, even though we talked about proposed tax changes, and then I said this is infrastructure, and now we're talking about taxes again, I mean, a lot of this is all taxes. Mm -hmm. One of the big items in the 2017 Tax Cuts and Job Act that Trump kind of always refers to is, is in that part of that federal tax overhaul was his goal to increase investment in bladed areas. This was done through what they called creating an opportunity zone. And If an area was designated as an opportunity zone, it allowed investors to defer their capital gains, so their profit, if they reinvested it in that opportunity zone, and they could then defer those up until, I think, the end of 2026. So a designated area where the government wanted people to put their money into.
1: So it's kind of like Ozark. You know, it goes to somewhere not that known and them invest in all the businesses.
0: I think Ozark was more about money laundering though, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. But you know, like he has the coffee and he buys the church, like, you know, kind of is the opportunity zone.
0: Well, illegal
1: part of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think the difference there and, you know, I'm not a tax lawyer, but I think if, if you're, Using drug money that you're laundering, and it's all cash, you don't necessarily need an opportunity zone. You could just do that wherever, and it's gonna be as good or bad. it work
1: well for you. Yeah.
0: It's not quite an opportunity zone in the way the tax code defined it, but it certainly was an opportunity zone for Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Some other tax things, which again, I don't know if Marty and Ozark, and if you guys haven't seen, ozark i've I've seen all three seasons it's probably not for everyone but i i enjoyed it
1: yeah i'm still number two
0: you want me to tell you what happens
1: no don't spoil everybody don't spoil the listeners i'm pretty sure they want to watch it it's a pandemic there's nothing to watch it's a good idea
0: well that's why i'm wondering how you're only on season two you've been working too hard Because
1: because we've been watching survivor
0: oh is that... There
1: is 40 season of this. Oh,
0: you're going back through them. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I've never seen them in the U.S. So we're watching Survivor.
0: Is it different in the U.S. than other places?
1: I'm, you're not going to like it, but I feel like it's easier in the U.S. Like they have food every three days, like food challenges every three days. Benihana. Uh, they give them great material. The challenges are not that hard. Like there is a challenge in France where you have to stay in like The smallest log of wood on your foot for like hours, like three, four hours.
0: I feel like I'm doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not all the tax changes that we're going to see are ones that Biden may implement. There are tax changes that are already on the books.
1: So yes, exactly, Rob. I want to talk about the 2017 Tax Cut and Job Act. This is going to be a tax raise starting 2021. That's going to raise every two years until 2027. And it's for all taxpayer income group with an income of less than 75,000, which is about 65% of all taxpayer.
0: So they're going to potentially face a higher tax rate if if things just stay the way they are. Exactly. Interesting. So it'll be interesting to see if, if there's any reforms with that.
1: Exactly. Biden has the right to say, we want to reform this or that, or we'll just let it slide. But I don't think it's an advantage because he's a Democrat and is trying to be on the side of the people, more on the side of the economy. I think it's something he has to take in consideration and maybe and all.
0: Lots of little things uh, from the 2017 federal tax overhaul. One of those also was the SALT state and local tax limits. Yes. I don't think Biden has really said one way or the other that he would do a whole lot about that. However, it is something that has really affected the more democratic states, the coastal states, the ones with higher property taxes and or higher property values, which generally equate to higher property taxes. So You can write off your property tax on your federal income tax return, but now it is capped $10,000 per year. So for those, a lot of people here in San Francisco, it's quite expensive. It's easy to get over $10,000 a year in property taxes. And in the past, you could write that off helping reduce some of that burden, but now you're limited. And so, there is some speculation that Biden may want to help out those states by repealing that or such. Again, he hasn't really said anything one way or the other, but that's something I think uh, everyone should kind of watch.
1: we all still at home. We're all still waiting either for a vaccine or things to get better. So we thought that we had to talk about the pandemic as one of the subject here, as it's, you know, the first time it's really related to the election. Um, What can you tell us about real estate in relation of the pandemic, Rob? And obviously, uh, the president-elect, Biden.
0: Biden has made it clear that he would address the pandemic differently than Trump has. And that could have an impact in the way jobs are. Who's working? Who's not? Are businesses open? Are they not? And just the pandemic itself, I mean, if, if and when, I mean, I think we're all optimistic that at some point it will go away. We'll get it more under control. Sure. I think you have to be optimistic about that. And, and that's certainly going to improve a lot of things. But there's going to be a lot coming out of that. On a recent article on Housing Wire, I think Keller Williams chief economist Ruben Gonzalez said that he saw that as a critical issue for the Biden administration what are those forbearance terms going forward uh, with the deadlines that are in the cares act, you know, approaching. So providing aid to those that are still unemployed and things like that. So I thought that was a real interesting quote, another article that we'll, we'll link to in the show notes. If you want to read more, how those things will be handled will probably be a bigger picture, a bigger issue initially anyway, than all these other little items. Definitely. A lot of you might have realized this is a little different episode than we normally do. So we'd be interested to hear what you think of this kind of special here. Again, we don't talk about the election and changes except for maybe once every four years. But
1: <laughs> So we needed to do a special.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we did. But there was also here locally in California some updates. We've got uh, some new propositions that pass that will directly affect real estate. Yes, We're going to be digging into those in future episodes, and we've also got some team members going to come on, talk a little bit about some of their specialties and get some of their insight as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really looking forward to that.
1: For people who are interested in a 1031 exchange, uh, our broker associate, Team Brown, prepared an Excel sheet to help you calculate it, and we'll put it in the show notes so you can do it through the formula that are put. So.
0: Yeah, it's great. A little spreadsheet. And we'll link to that. Now, of course, you're probably going to need to consult your account anyway, because you're going to need to know what your recapture might be. And it can be pretty complicated. We're going to actually talk more about that in the future. Maybe we'll even get Tim on here to talk a little bit about it. that will be great. The nice thing about it, though, is even with the numbers that are in there, it gives you a clear example of how you might take what could be 25% or so taxes and apply that to your next property. If you're not familiar with it and you're not using it, hopefully it won't go away and you get a chance to do so. It's a great tool for investors.
1: All right, everybody. The market report is going to be linked in the show notes. Please send your question at podcast at Thanks, Melody. Thank you, Rob. Have a great day, guys.